0: Don't align with the spirit of war. Hey, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to the Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future, episode 272. It is March 3rd, 2022, and we are hopefully not entering into the beginnings of World War, War 3. Inshallah, Ya Rabbi, Ya Alameen, this war between Russia and Ukraine will fizzle, fizzle out. But uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Man, before we get, we are going to give a very shallow dive, really. the, the, The conflict in Eastern Europe with the Slavic nations the more that I read, the more that I look, the more confusing it really seems to be. We are going to touch on it a little bit, but before we get into the geopolitical hubbub, blah, blah, blah of what is happening, what's going on, uh, yes, it's important. Yes, it's concerning. Yes, we need to be aware. Yes, we shouldn't be naive and stupid to what is happening in the world and why it is happening. But before we get to that, there's something more important, which is do not come into agreement with the spirit of war. Do not come into agreement with the shedding of innocent blood, with bloodshed. Do not align yourself with that. When we align ourselves with the spirit of war, when we align ourselves with the, the shedding of innocent blood, when we align ourselves with an ideology or even it's really, it's a, it's a spiritual force, a spiritual force that says it is, it is okay and good to, to wage war and to shed innocent blood of, of not only civilians, but military. And and what we're seeing right now in Ukraine is devastating. And it, it really could only be the beginning. As you probably know, Russia has put their nuclear missiles on full ready alert. It's not a good sign. Definitely not a good sign is, is Putin, has he gone completely mad and crazy? Will he restrain himself? Will this fizzle out? Or as he continues to lose this battle, as he, he's winning on some fronts and we'll get into that. But as he continues to lose ground in many ways, whether it's economic, or uh, PR or perspective of of the global leaders, or if it's actually the, the operations in Ukraine is not going as he likes, is he going to continue to escalate? Because if it does, if NATO gets involved, we will be back into a world war because that means China will be pulled in to fight alongside of Russia. And that is going to be a, a, a massive, massive global conflict which everyone wants to avoid but for what we can do as our personal because you know what i i'm not sitting in putin's ear he has not emailed me yet i i've been looking at my phone every day waiting for the text message from putin where uh i let him know that you know this is what you should do putin but he's not calling me he's not going to this channel and, and and asking for our advice or your advice i'd imagine so what can you do first and foremost do not align with the spirit of war i've seen we saw it with the israel versus hamas there were so many people that i personally know who were hardcore aligning with hamas wasn't just like yeah i don't i don't like what's happening i wish we could find peace and i wish There could not be bloodshed, but it was full on alignment with Hamas, indiscriminately dropping bombs on people, indiscriminately sending hundreds and thousands of missiles into the the green zone in Palestine, Israel, indiscriminately saying this Hamas is our only hope. We We saw an alignment of the spirit of war with, again, many people backing the Taliban. The, the number of people that I know who are actually really pro-Taliban in, in this current conflict and really quietly celebrating and congratulating the Taliban's overthrow of their government, including the, the hundreds, if not thousands of lives that have been lost at the hands of the Taliban and millions Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people who have fled and become refugees now in surrounding nations, and and getting flights out, and the the amount of operations that have gone into rescuing yes, rescuing people out of uh, Afghanistan is astounding. But the number of people who are actually really praising the Taliban why because they're cut from the same cloth as Hamas, which is we are going to shed innocent blood to get our way to see our 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 vision of the world come to pass to see our worldview come to pass now again america is also guilty of this in the the, the Iraq war weapons of mass destruction we, we all remember i know i know people who are recommending to the US government saying do not invade Iraq do not invade Iraq Saddam is changing if we if we invade it will leave a power vacuum but we did america did and that is bl- blood on our hands not hating the shedding of innocent blood and now the same thing is beginning to happen between russia and the ukraine and goodness gracious honestly i have not posted a, a thing on on the social medias about this uh largely because it just, see, I i don't feel like I have anything that's profound enough to say or repeat. And the, the American pundits that I see weighing in on this information, they just seem to be taking what MSNBC is saying and saying, well, MSNBC and every other news org- organization has been lying to us for the past two, three years, if not more, with their propaganda. Why do we think that they're going to tell the truth to us now? And therefore, they are actually becoming pro-Putin in this whole conflict they they they're saying actually this is (laughs) someone said this I was kind of boggled actually Putin is going in and emptying the swamp of Ukraine and the deep state that is affecting American politics and one world government it's like okay I think you're reading your Q and U.S. Political lens a little too much on what's happening with Putin and Ukraine and NATO a little bit too much. Now, I'm not, as you know, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest fan of NATO. I'm not the the biggest fan of the liberal propaganda, uh, the liberal agenda, the alphabet agenda that is being pushed not only by NATO. The, those in it by the West, the progressivism. I'm not a big fan. So I know a, I've seen and read a lot of people actually falling on a pro Putin side, pro spirit of war side, actually saying, no, they, they should go in because really they're stopping NATO and the one world government agenda. And it's, it's insane. As much as I may not agree with some things that have happened in Ukraine. As much as I might not agree with NATO, I am still not going to come into alignment with the spirit of war. There's been thousands who have been killed in Ukraine. There are hundreds of thousands of refugees who have fled into nations like Poland. Now, ironically, again, people are are complaining that, oh, well, Poland was resistant to Syrian refugees coming But now they're accepting Ukrainian refugees, which is, you know, in some ways, yes, people are people, but there is a big ethnic difference between Syrians fleeing Syria and Ukrainians fleeing Ukraine into their neighboring country of Poland. I've seen multiple people mention this. And my my argument is, before you point the finger my mom would always teach me this. When you when you point the finger at someone, there's three or four fingers that are pointing back at you. And so pull the log out of your own eye before you begin to uh, criticize and pull, try to pull a splinter out of someone else's eye. Because the, the places that I have seen people complain about this, as far as to my knowledge, have not taken any refugees from Syria, have not taken any refugees from Afghanistan, have not taking any refugees from Palestine. So, uh, put putting that out there. If you're going to complain about a European nation now taking refugees from their neighbor, but you won't take refugees from your own neighbor, man, something's broken. Something's broken in the thinking. Uh, just, I don't know what else to say about that. So, I, I think a lot of the pro Putin stuff that we're seeing is a knee jerk reaction to the the globalist agenda, which is being continued to be pushed out by mainstream media. And so people are just not understanding the true nature of this conflict, immediately just jump to the opposite side of what their opponents are saying. And just so happens that it is the Bi- the Biden administration in right now. And the Biden administration, of course, is standing against Putin and for Ukraine. Just as, you know, there's accusations that President, uh, former President Donald Trump was also, or not also, was was praising Putin and being pro-Putin when really what President Donald Trump said was, Putin is playing Biden like a Trump. And then he went on to condemn Putin. So Trump is not Pro Putin, but people for some reason are are liking to paint the conservative right in America as being pro Putin. But rest, I don't know, rest assured, surely there are people who are, but I would say do not come into agreement or alignment with that just because the Biden administration right now is rightly so siding with NATO and Ukraine. Now, I understand why some people might find themselves sympathetic to Putin's agenda. As it can easily be painted that Putin's agenda is against the new world order, is against the one world government, that Putin's agenda is against a a single polar world, meaning that there's only one power source and is looking to bring power and glory back to Russia and back to the East. And this is happening. We are already seeing a power swing away from the West to the East, to China, to Asia, to Russia. We're, We're seeing a shift of what's happening, and we've been talking about it even since before what happened in Afghanistan. But these things, these things will continue. As the power balances have shifted, it's shifted geopolitically since America has pulled out of Afghanistan. It's, it started well before that, but it was really clear with what happened in Afghanistan. I think one of the reasons that Putin right now is being so bold is that who who is going to stand up to him? Right now, who is standing up to him and this war? Who? Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, is being painted as a war hero. In, in standing up, saying, I'm not going to run, send us guns to defend the Ukraine. But Ukraine is not part of NATO, so there's not a, an obligation for NATO to step in. People in Europe and America are putting an enormous amount of sanctions and pressure against Putin and against Russia, but I'm not convinced that they're working. Not convinced that they're working at all. For instance, during the, the Cold War, America put a sanction against Russia saying that American farmers were not permitted and not allowed to sell their crops, their wheat, to Russia, to the USSR, before it was Russia. They said, you're not allowed to sell. Well, what, what did Russia do? Did they starve? Did the USSR starve? No, they found Argentina and they cut a great deal with Argentina The the American farmers suffered, and Argentina had a really nice economic boom, and the USSR still got their food. Well, now there's all these embargoes, there's all these sanctions, they're being placed on Russia, and all that it will do is throw Russia even further into the arms of China. China, China, China. Oh, so some have aligned with Zelensky in this. Again, this is still on this first point of do not come into agreement and in alignment with the shedding of innocent blood. Do not do it because when we do it, it opens up doors in our life in the spirit realm for attacks to come against us, for schemes to be pl- placed up against us. It opens us up to to uh physical ailments in our body. Maybe this is kind of like out there, but it's true. When we come into alignments with ideas, with thoughts, with ideologies, when we come into alignment with those things, we, we get to the point where our thoughts become our emotions, our emotions. I have this nice little sticker here. It says, watch your thoughts because your thoughts, your thoughts Become your emotions, your emotions become your actions, and your actions become your thoughts. When you come into agreement with a thought in the spirit, in the ether, it opens you up to a that stream of not only thought and belief, but emotion and action. And that's so it manifests in in the physical when we come into agreement with ideas, but also it opens our our, us up to the spiritual and spiritual and demonic attacks that come through alignment and agreement with darkness and the shedding of innocent blood is in alignment with darkness. It is alignment with the shaitan. It is alignment with the demonic realm. Just as coming to agreement with abortion is coming to an alignment with the demonic realm, such as coming to agreement with pornography is coming into alignment with the demonic realm because that's all sex and human trafficking. The the enslavement of the human soul. Another one is the spirit of war and the shedding of innocent blood that comes with war. Yes, there is just war. Yes, there are causes and, and times where nations need to stand up and defend themselves. But a lot of people are faulting Zelensky as well in this, in that he is handing out AK 47s to civilians and constricting civilians into the army to defend themselves against Ukraine. And again, a lot of right-winged people are saying, see, look, this is why we all civilians need to have guns because the first thing that happens in a war is you give out armament to your civilian population. You know, I'm, I'm all for the, the American Second Amendment. I'm all for owning arms. I don't personally own any arms because I don't live in America, but if I did, I probably would definitely get some firearms. I would love to get into hunting It just hasn't, it's just hasn't been in the cards yet, so to speak. However, there's a problem. I think there's a a pretty dark, sinister problem when the government is just indiscriminately handing out AK-47s to their civilian population. Because what happens when the trained Russian army comes in and is met by a civilian force? Who's gonna win? A trained military person or me who I just picked up an AK-47 yesterday. I have no idea what I'm doing. Hopefully, I don't die. No, I'm going to die if I engage the military in that way. And then it makes great PR. Makes great PR for the Ukraine of saying, look, they're killing all our civilians. Look at this. Civilians dead in the street. So it seems that that was a point that was made, again, that point was probably not only made by uh, pro-Putin people, but it really did convince me when I I read that argument. It is using a civilian population for propaganda, saying if we can have a massacre of civilians, then we can have a great reason for other nations to come to our aid. Not saying that they don't need aid. They need a lot of aid. And clearly, there is video after video after video of Ukrainian cities and streets destroyed. One of my good friends, Mike, he was just in the Ukraine. He's been in the Ukraine for months. He happened to leave just two or three days before the war broke out. And he was posting videos trying to get him on the show. He's a little tied up right now uh, with all of what's happening. But he was showing videos of streets that he lived on. Just totally shot out. His, His apartment building shot out, not just with small rifle ammunitions, but 50 caliber guns, bullets just ripped through the apartment that he was staying in just weeks, just a week and a half ago. You look and you see hundreds of people in bomb shelters in subways. Our neighbor, Ukrainian, neighbor here in the Middle East, Ukrainian, her family, just sleeping and hiding in bomb shelters. This is war. And when you align with war, you are aligning with the shedding of innocent blood. Likewise, on Putin's side, <laughs> videos coming out. Of eighteen-year-old soldiers who thought that they were going on training ops, training missions, and next thing they know, they're invading a neighboring country. They have no idea what they're doing there. They have it's teenage kids who are being killed in the Russian military who who surrender to Ukraine and the the civilian populations are, are feeding them, timing their their family back in Russia. They're just kids. They have, they have no idea what they're doing. Putin has just come unhinged, unhinged. Okay. So if Putin is really unhinged, then why, why is this just, is just this insanity? Is Putin just being crazy that he had no reason whatsoever to go into the Ukraine? Is that the story that's being told? Do we, do we even really understand why this happened. Well, we turned to Madame Vice President Kamala Harris, and she uh, she was invited on the Morning Hustle, which is a radio show in America, and she was asked to break down the geopolitical situation that's happening there between the Ukraine and Russia. What is really happening? Here is Kamala Harris. If you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's
1: going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States.
0: So Ukraine
1: is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong.
0: Okay, basically that's wrong. This is, uh, this makes me worry. I wonder, does she know? Does she know what's going on? Because my my nine and seven-year-old have a better grip on where Ukraine is, what Ukraine is, why there's a conflict between Russia and Ukraine than this. the The fact that the vice president of the United States is describing the conflict as, there's Ukraine, which is a country in Europe and next to another country, Russia, it's bigger and the bigger country invaded the smaller country and that's wrong. Well, why is that wrong? Is that wrong? I don't know. Why is that wrong? Oh, it's, is it because that country was bigger? So a bigger country can't invade a smaller country, but a smaller country, a smaller country can invade a bigger country. Of course, because that's what critical race theory and intersectionality believes. That if you are a minority, if you are further down on the totem pole, if you are a more of an oppressed person or peoples or identity group, if you are the smaller nation, well, then your vantage point is always correct and you can do no harm. Because you can't be racist as a, an oppressed member of the alphabet because you're at the bottom of the totem pole and therefore your version of truth is a better version of truth than. You can discriminate all you want. Is that's what is that what's happening? No, this is uh, man, embarrassing that that is the description. And you know, I was recently engaging with uh, a different show, and we we're talking about you know some content direction, and the the host of the show was saying, you know, this is you just got to dumb it down. These are just real simple people that we're talking to. Real simple, you know. Just got to keep it really vanilla, plain, simple. They don't understand a lot. And I was like, man, that's a terrible way. Even if it might be true. I mean, I'm a simpleton. I mean, I'm gonna. I'll make a confession to you right now. I had to look up to make sure that. Oh, America is part of NATO, right? Yeah, totally is. Okay, there's who. Who else is of the 30 countries in NATO? I. I'm a simple person. I don't remember all these facts off the top of my head. I have a list of facts that I need to remember when I present in a show. But when we talk down to our audiences, when if I were to talk down to you, that would be insulting, being condescending. And I know that you have the capacity and the ability, and are probably much smarter than me on on many of these topics that we talk about. Which is why you listen. Oh, Okay, so what are some of the what are some of Russia's reasons, right or wrong, Putin's reasons, right or wrong, for invading Russia? Well, Connell McGregor, who was a, a former Trump general, was on TV in America a few weeks ago. Not weeks ago, a few days ago. Gosh, it feels like this conflict has happened for a week. And there is a list of points that he made of why Russia was invading Ukraine. One, Russia is just carrying on the red line that they made 15 years ago that they will not tolerate nuclear missiles on the border of the country of Russia. And just as Putin right now, that Putin is, quote unquote, adverting a Cuban missile crisis by taking action, just as America would not tolerate Russian nuclear missiles in Cuba, saying that that is a direct that poses a direct threat to our nation. So Putin is saying what is happening in Ukraine, with Ukraine seeking to join the EU, with Ukraine seeking to join NATO, with Ukraine, uh, they're being accused of uh, genocide in Donbass. Now, the UN and other European sources and Ukraine saying there is no genocide going on, but Russia is insisting that there's been a genocide going on with thousands of people being murdered since 2014 in Donbass. And so Russia is coming in saying there's a genocide that we're stopping. There is a large swath of eastern Ukraine that identifies as Russian. They are Slavic people. They're Slav people. They're no different than Russia. Russia should be united. The Russian people should be united as one. And therefore, we're going in to save our people from this liberal NATO agenda, this alphabet agenda. Third point, they're saying that Russia has legitimate security concerns that were ignored, which is the joining of NATO, among many other other factors. I, I'm just not smart enough to know because I have not studied Russian geopolitical uh, happenings in the Slavic nations for decades. Four, that as I said, that Russia would not allow under any circumstances whatsoever for Ukraine to join NATO. And Ukraine is on the verge of joining NATO. And even in this, they have been pushing hard to get their their process of joining NATO pushed through so that they can pull on the allies of NATO, which would send the world into World War III. It, it truly would. Turkey would have to decide whether they're going to, Turkey, a member of NATO, would have to decide whether they were going to side with Russia or if they would side with NATO in this conflict China would of course come to Russia's side and aid So but there's no one the, the other reason I think that Putin is doing this is cuz he knows knows that he can He did it with Crimea in 2014 he, he he was able to continue to push and annex more land and right now they're saying we're we're going in we're going to keep the infrastructure in place they're not just trying to bomb everything they're trying to keep the infrastructure in place, isolate the Ukrainian army, boil them out so that they surrender, so that they can overthrow the Ukrainian government, change the state structure of Ukraine so that it cannot rejoin or, and go towards NATO, and put in a puppet regime, a puppet government that is essentially an extension of Russia to bring back the glory of the USSR and begin to reunite the Slav people. This is their their goal. And I think Putin is seeing a window that there is, there is no leader in the quote-unquote free world who is willing to stand up. There is no one right now who is willing to pull the world back into World War III. He knows that no one's going to engage with them. So what is the West doing? Well, they're doing sanctions. As I mentioned, the first sanction was that they... Uh, uh, the sanction back in, during the Cold War, it didn't work. Many people think that these sanctions are weak and are not going to work. Another thing that uh, they did, the West has done, is cut off uh, a number of Russian sources or banks targeting key banks from SWIFT. What is SWIFT? SWIFT is a uh, a messaging system that banks use to confirm wire transfer. So if all of a sudden all the A large portion of the banks, I don't know if it's all the banks or just a large portion of the banks in Europe or or, uh, Russia, excuse me, was cut off. It's unclear. I'm unclear. Swift is the platform that most of the banks use worldwide. It inhibits them from making any sort of economic transaction in Russia. For the entire population. The the economy has crashed. A ruble is now worth one cent, a hundredth of a US dollar, which is now causing Russia to turn towards back towards the gold standard and saying, hey, we're removing that from uh, a tax from buying gold. So now instead of you feeling like you have to store your wealth and your money in US dollars, which the Russian people would frequently do, now you can store it in gold. So come to the bank buy gold bullion and you can store your money in gold which is essentially going back to the gold standard if russia leaves the us dollar and turns to china between russia and china they could leave the us dollar and create their own digital currency which is already being created in china the chinese digital yuan and we could begin to see a a, a downfall of the strength of the us dollar as the primary currency of the world leading to an economic crash in Europe and America and the what? The establishment of a new world order, the establishment of a new one world digital currency, the establishment of a new one world government. Russia also supplies an enormous amount of natural gas to Europe. They can easily turn that off and switch it so that all the gas is going to China. We really could see the birth of a multipolar world. We're already seeing it. Where Europe and Russia and China, the East and the West, become more and more divided and working less and less with each other. Now, the, the, the GDP of Russia really is not that big. The, the economy as a whole it is about $1.4 trillion a year. That might sound like a lot. But the state of of Florida, the state of Florida, not the whole country of America, just the state of Florida is just shy of $1 trillion. So Russia and Florida have a similar size of economy. But it's still very big on the world scale. As far as a a, a political power, they have a ton of weaponry. They have a ton of military. They have a ton of strength and they should not be underestimated. Well, Russia, uh, a Russian news source, a Russia government controlled news source, the RIA, published an article a few days ago about the war, but they actually published it a little too soon. They wrote this, what seems like for the event of Russia winning this war in Ukraine and to be published at the end of it, they published it too soon. And then they took it down. But as I was reading this, I thought this really explains what Russia is seeking to do in Ukraine and what their goals are. I'm going to read a few different excerpts from this article. It says, a new world is being born before our eyes. Russia's military operation has ushered in a new era in three dimensions. And of course, in the fourth dimension, Russian. Here begins a new period, both in ideological and the very model of our social economic system. But this should be discussed separately a little later. Russia restores the unity of the tragedy of 1991. This terrible catastrophe in our history and unnatural dislocation has been overcome. What's this disunity of 1991? was when the the USSR finally fell. The flag of the sickle and hammer was pulled down for the last time over the USSR. And the, the Soviet bloc was split up into a number of different states in different countries, including Ukraine, Czechoslovakia, Belarus. These, these blocs, um, Azerbaijan, these blocs all formed into independent countries. Their goal right now Putin's goal is to reunite the USSR maybe not under one political flag but working as in unity and harmony with each other go on and a little bit towards the bottom of the article it says now this problem does not exist the problem of of uh Ukraine being consolidated by the West and Russia's and the Slavic people being broken up. Ukraine has returned to Russia, they write. This does not mean its statehood would be liquidated, meaning they might keep Russia or uh, Ukraine, excuse me, as a nation state still, but it will be restructured, reestablished, and returned to its natural state, part of the Russian world. Within what borders, in what form the union with Russia will be fixed? through uh, the Eurasian Union or the Union State Russia and Belarus, essentially creating a new alliance, a new polar alliance, a new nation that is made up of states, almost like the the EU. This will be decided after the history of Ukraine as an anti-Russia member has ended. In any case, the period of the split of the Russian people is coming to an end. And here begins the second dimension of the new era. It concerns Russia's relation with the West, not even Russia, but the Russian world. That is three states, Russia, Belarus, and Ukraine, acting geopolitically as a single whole. These relations have entered a new stage. The West sees Russia's return to its historical borders in Europe and the West loudly resents this, although deep down it must admit to itself that it could not have been otherwise. It ends with this. The world has changed, and this is well understood not by only Europeans, but also the Anglo-Saxons who rule the West. No Western pressure on Russia will lead to anything. The losses from the escalation of the confrontation will be on both sides, but Russia is ready for them morally and geopolitically but for the west itself an increasing degree of confrontation carries huge loss this is what their this is what their goal is the reunification of the ussr the reunification of the the slav rush states acting as one under a new federation that will be able to be a counterbalance a weight uh, an opposition another polar of power Against NATO and the West. This is (laughs) their explicit goals from their state run media. So if you wonder why, if you wonder why they are doing this, that is why. It is not just to get some weapons out of Ukraine, it is not just to stop a genocide. They are after their own new world order. They are after a unified Soviet or uh, Slav land, Rush land. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. In a post-truth society where we've exchanged truth for lies and reason for postmodern irrationality, the absurd finally makes sense. Well, speaking of the new world order and one world governments, and the, the possible event that all these sanctions will throw Russia into the arms of China to leave the, the dollar standard to find other places of alliance and trade, which could really trigger uh, a domino effect when it comes to global currency. And we really could see the end of the U.S. dollar, and the rise of a new one-world government. Apparently, some people think that this is a good idea, including Russell Brand, who, thanks to my uh, sister, she sent this to me. Russell Brand, there's a lot of things I like about him. I I like his stance against pornography. That makes me happy. But here he is uh, promoting, promoting what? A new world order. Promoting what? A one world government. Here's Russell Brand. If
1: you want to live without the threat of war, it seems to me that you have to look at what the causes of war really are.
0: The cons- okay, what what are the causes of war? He's going to go into it. But the causes of war is the, the fault line. The line of wickedness and evil that goes through each and every one of our hearts. Period. Man. Woman. Through each heart is evil, selfish, greed, envy, the desires for to be great and powerful, to have what doesn't belong to us, envy. It's in every heart. So think of it. If it's in every heart, how can a one world government essentially fix this? Well, he goes, I'm going to kind of play and, and pause through this clip. Consolidation of power, the ability
1: to embark on imperialist missions, the ability to cut loose from the will of the
0: ordinary people that you govern. The... Th- those are what he thinks is the causes of war. And sure, those m- may be causes of war. Uh, those may be causes of war. But it, it goes all the way to the root of the human heart
1: truth is that Ukrainian people, Russian people, American people, Saudi people, Icelandic people, Senegalese people all have more in common with one another than they have in common with the people
0: that govern them. What I, I don't know how we can prove that. He says all the people who are being governed by leaders have more in common with each other than they do with the people who are leading them. I think that's a very vast and broad statement that I don't know how you can, one support, especially in many of these places, the people who are in power have been elected into power in democratic nations. They're elected into power as representatives from the people. I'm not quite sure how you can say that all of these different ethnic and cultural groups have more in power with one another as different ethnic groups with different cultural values and expression of government than the people who lead them. And how, how would, and this maybe is for a later point, so I'll, I'll save it. What
1: is required is a new system of global governance.
0: What is required is a new system of global, global governance. That
1: somehow comprises the local and the global in a way that gives us the ability to stand up to serious external threats and simultaneously govern our small local communities in a meaningful
0: way. So he's talking about a new one world order, a new one world system that somehow that this global governance is going to be able to be morally right, not corrupt, and be able to represent people from Senegal and Iceland and China and Saudi Arabia and America. This is... These, these are things of fairy tales. Things of fairy tales.
1: Serious external threats and simultaneous local communities in a meaningful way. These are the charges of the with Understanding complex situations where there isn't no a simple easy fix, no easy off.
0: I don't know what happened there. Let's try that again
1: in a meaningful way. These are the charges that we are tasked with. Understanding complex situations where there is no simple easy fix, no easy off-the-peg opinion that demands of us personal reflection, that demands of us that we personally have good
0: values, that demands of us that we're willing to listen to other people that we disagree with. Okay, so he's suggesting a system that is not only global governance and local governance uh, uh, in a one system that can perfect Protect against external threats. I don't know what those external threats might be if there's a a new one-world governance against those who don't come into agreement with this new one-world order. Those would be the external threats. And then notice he's also saying a new one-world religion. He is making the argument that we need a a sort of governance that demands personal values. Here, Here it is. Listen again external threats and
1: simultaneously govern our small local communities in a meaningful way. These are the charges that we are tasked with. Understanding complex situations where there is no simple easy fix, no easy off the peg opinion that demands of us personal reflection, that demands of us that we personally have good values, that demands of us that we're willing to listen to other people.
0: That demands of us that we personally have good values. That is a religion. That is a one- world religion. And how are you going to, how are you going to enforce that? How are you going to control that? Oh, maybe we can use digital media. Maybe we can use uh, social credit. We can track everything that you're doing and spending with a new one world digital currency so that we know exactly who you are and what you do and how you live your life. And we, we have the power to enforce and make sure that you are upholding the new values of this one world order and, and personal morality because if you don't we'll turn off your ability to trade just like they did with Russia they turned off their ability to trade my my thought is my question is who who what morally upright set of individuals are you going to appoint to do all that you no know, the the nation states nationalism is actually a good thing it is a good thing that people break up The land according to their their cultural identity, their ethnic identity. And they elect a governance and a government to rule their people in a way that is best for their people. This is how it should be. This is how it should be. These ideas of a one world, new world order, of a, a utopia to bring everyone into this peace to defend against world wars, it is a recipe for the obliteration of any sort of personal freedoms or rights or autonomy, because you will be dictated and defined by the new one world religion, one world government, one world economic system that is coming. It is coming. Not the whole world will be brought into it, but there is a new confederation that will likely rise out of this situation. Whether it's in five years or 50 years, I don't know. But we are seeing the, the, the shift on a global level that out of this will come a, a, and will rise a new world order of one world government, one world mandated religion morality, and one world economic system. That will be united. And that if you don't come into compliance with what they want and how they want it, you will be cut off from your ability to trade. This is coming. This is coming. There will be many nations that resist it. There will be many nations who will not join it. There will be many nations who will fight it. But it really could lead us into what we will see as the Third World War. Well, this show is not brought to you by any sponsor or by any... By any ad platform to make this show go on the air, but it's brought to you by listeners like you who give value back to the show based on the value that you get out of the show. So if you want to support this show, if you get value out of the show, which I'm assuming here we are an hour, almost 45 minutes in, if you got value out of the show, probably did because you're still listening. If you didn't, well, I recommend you go listen to something that you get value out of. But I would ask, to give value back to the show in the manner in the the measure that you got out of it and you can do that by visiting lucascroweup backslash support link is in the show notes and give your hard quote cold, cold fee out there or you can also give your digital currencies bitcoin ethereum and you can also do that if you listen on a podcast 2.0 app like sphinx podfriend uh, where you can load up your bitcoin wallet and you can stream satoshi's as You listen, don't go away. We'll be right back with our closing Weaver and Loom segment. Welcome back to Weaver and Loom, a part of the show where we take ancient wisdom and we weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can own our future and weave our destinies. To weave our destinies, because yes, there is a God who's sovereign that determines. Our days, but we have the ability to agree with the, his purposes for our lives or to totally disagree with it and do what we want and live our lives the way that we want to in a selfish, self seeking manner. I know you don't want that. I don't want that either. And I don't want that for your life. Today's quote comes from a, an ancient prophet, uh, Ezekiel. And he said, Because you did not hate bloodshed therefore bloodshed shall pursue you. Because you did not hate bloodshed, therefore bloodshed, blood shall pursue you. This brings us back to the very first point that we made. Do not come into agreement with the spirit of war. Even even when it is your enemies, even when it is those who have an alphabet agenda that are seeking to, totally upend the fabric of society. If we respond with bloodshed, bloodshed will pursue us. And we have lost our entire, our entire basis of, of any sort of morality. If we go and kill innocent people, don't come into agreement with it. Because even, even, even if you haven't engaged in it, if you come into agreement with it, it brings in bloodshed. Blood will begin to pursue you in your life. So that is my uh, exhortation to end this show. If you want to get more out of the show, please share this show with your friends, families, spouses, or enemies. Someone that you you know regularly sit down and debate things about. You disagree about things. Send it to them. WhatsApp them. Text them. I always love getting a show right there in my messages. It means that someone is thinking about me. And that means that they love me. Love me enough to send me something that they think that uh, <laughs> going to steer me in the right direction. Well, if you have a question about this episode or anything that's happened, you can WhatsApp me at plus one two zero two nine two two zero two two zero. And remember, you are someone who lives your life in a way that walks through the doors to live in and uncover your purpose. One of those ways is to pursue truth, to speak truth, to determine to live your life in a truthful and honest manner. And that I really do believe opens us up to own our futures.